Years of security solutions have not made us any more secure with reports of new attacks and data breaches occurring regularly. Is security broken and can we fix it? Coming up on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Joining me on the show today is Wes Kusmal, the CTO of the Authenticity Alliance, a digital space that provides real accountability, security, and privacy. He is the author of four books about technology, including this one that he brought me here today. So thank you that for, for that, Wes. And he was also the founder of Delphi Internet Services Corp., one of the, uh, the world's first online encyclopedia and one of the four largest online services in the early days of the Internet. And this is including AOL, CompuServe, and Prodigy. Uh, it's an honor to have you on the show here, Wes, today. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, Keith. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we, you know, we, we talked a little bit about a little bit before the show. And so why do you believe that the current approach that we have towards digital security is not working? Has, has it always been broken from the early days of the Internet or did something happen along the way? It's always been broken um, from the early days of the Internet. Now, what do we call the internet if we include the uh, data networks, the X25 networks going all the way back to when we started the yeah. encyclopedia? Um, that was a, a different story. But um, yeah, I think it was 2005 um, that MIT Technology Review had a cover story. The internet is broken. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they made the, uh, a very cogent case. And it's still broken. We, we're still inundated with phishing attacks and malware and breaches. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the problem is that uh, it all started when I, um, when people like me um, started working for big companies in IT. Mm -hmm. I, were, I was uh, writing code for Liberty Mutual. Um, back in the 70s um, and uh, you know the management was really kind of terrified of computers then <laughs> you know and IBM was telling them hey you know um, you better pay attention to security so they turned to us young geeks and mm -hmm. you know what do we do about security guys yeah, you know yeah, you guys yeah. understand these computer things and and of course, you know, being 22 years old, the, our answer was, oh, yeah, we know about security. It's, it's like Power Rangers or Dragnet, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. it's cops and robbers. You, you, you find, the, find the bad guys and, and capture them, mm -hmm. you know. Um, now, these were experienced management people, and they understood that security in their building is about accountability. It's, it's not about the guy in the basement watching a monitor looking for anomalies, okay. um, which is, I call it cops and robbers yeah. security. Yeah. It's about the receptionist asking for ID. Um, you know, so we had a couple of problems there. One, we young programmers didn't really understand security the way they understood com uh, security. Okay. And the other thing is, you know, it's a lot easier to sell solutions with Images of guard dogs and and uh, guys in military uniforms, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. than it is to show an image of a lobby receptionist asking for ID. Right, right. So from that early beginnings, then the digital infrastructure that was built was always built on this concept of a security guard watching and and the cops and robbers approach versus the 
the receptionist type of thing. Built on the notion yeah. that it's possible to determine the intentions and character of the sender of a stream of bits. You got a stream of bits coming into your service server and you characterize them. And the fact is you you can cap can capture the amateurs that way, but the ones with the the real ambitious intent, the ones who really intend to get into your intellectual property or or misdirect a uh, payment mm-hmm. uh, they're smarter than that mm-hmm. and so in the digital world that we have now or that was that was developed what is the equivalent of the the building receptionist um because the, there are there are sort of there are identification and and authentication systems out there yes. but there's but it's i think you say that it's like bits and pieces it's not a complete solution well, yeah. I mean, the the one missing piece is um, <laughs> identity reliability. Mm-hmm. You know, um, okay. You know, we have a a video, a lot of videos. One of them is um, uh, by one of our licensed enterprises. Um, uh, it's aimed at banks, and it's about synthetic identities. It starts out by saying, "Okay, here's Tom, and here's his phone, and." You know, it uses uh, fingerprint and facial image and biometrics yep. are pretty good. Oh, wait, Tom just bought two more phones and then six more phones and then 72 more phones. And now he's 80 different people, Did I, if I did the math right. Yeah. Um, and each one of them biometrics check out. Everything's fine. Everything's cool. Um, and as long as these synthetic people not just synthetic identities, but yeah. synthetic people, um, you know, they, they get credit cards, they maintain um, credit scores, and they look like fine, upstanding citizens until the, uh, the economy tanks a little bit. And one of them is the real Tom, and the other <laughs> 79 can be killed off at any time. They yeah. don't really exist. Okay. And they leave the banks you know, with all of this debt. And, and I was had it explained to me by the person who um, does serve the banks and, and is um, runs that enterprise that it's, it's onerous for a bank to say we've been defrauded. It's a lot easier to just write off a bad credit card. Right, right. So they don't get reported. Is, is that the same thing that happens with data breaches when someone finds out that maybe that they've been using your credit card and things like that, where you don't, you know, they, again, they're, it's more likely for them to write it off as well than, than to try to find out who had actually stolen the, the credit card. I, I, I think that's the case a number of times. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I don't know as much about that scenario, mm-hmm. um, but um Okay. Okay. But let's, so let's get back to the, the, the digital equivalent of this, of this, um, of the building receptionist. Okay. And so there are, uh, technologies out there such as, uh, PKI yep. and, and, uh, I think S mime, is that how you pronounce that? For S mime for uh, digitally signing emails. Yeah. It's often people often associate it with encryption. Uh-huh. In fact, when people talk about this stuff, they, it's funny, the people who, the, the engineers typically are paid by governments, and so they think in terms of encryption, but what it's really good for 
are identity certificates. Mm-hmm. So we have an identity, an X509 identity certificate um, that carries with it a measure of its own reliability. Mm-hmm. The measure of the reliability of the identity claim of the person, the human being behind it. And that's the missing piece. That's, you know, you can have all the technology in the world, but if you don't have confidence in the identity being asserted, what good is it? Right, right. So, and and the thing is that that does involve a labor-intensive process. So one of our licensed enterprises called the Council of Attestation Officers, uh, run by a licensee named uh, Juanita Lyons, uh, she's a trainer of uh, remote online notaries. Um, all of her attestation officers are remote online notaries, um, uh, commissioned by the, the state of Virginia. They can enroll anybody anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and they interview a person and, you know, ask them, okay, log into a bank account um, uh, that, um, that, um, is in your name. I want to see your name on a bank account now. Okay, what else do you have? PayPal, eBay, an employee ID. You know, we measure, she, her team, measures identity reliability in eight different metrics, each on a scale of zero to nine. Add them up and you get an identity reliability score, identity quality score, of zero to 72 and that is bound to your identity certificate so anytime that identity is asserted with that certificate the relying party whether the relying party is a human being or a piece of software it knows the extent to which it can can trust it and of course different relying parties have different you know different needs as uh, different identity reliability needs so if all you're doing, if you're a blogger and you want, you know, you just want to weed out the, the, uh, the trolls in your comments, you know, you can say, okay, a, a, an eight on a scale of zero to 72 is fine. You know, yep. the, the trolls will just go elsewhere rather than bother um, getting a low quality score. In order to get these certificates, though, you have to do an interview with one of these attestation officers, right? Correct. And so that feels, so then... That feels like it would take a long time to get everybody well, certified see, in terms of to get to allow this certificate. And and that's why we're not trying to boil the ocean. Yeah. Right. We uh, we pick target audiences. So we have an enterprise <clears throat> lacking a CEO at the moment, but I'll describe it anyway. Okay. Um, it's called Authentimatch. Mm-hmm. Um, it is set up to serve the dating site industry. Okay. Um, high-end dating sites have a real identity reliability problem, a, a, a real, uh, um, well, fraud problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's surprising how much money is lost by victims um, on dating sites. Well, and, and talk about the problem. Like, what, what problems are you guys seeing in, in, that, in that industry? Well, just, just, just give me an the, anecdote or a story just, or something just like that. that. It, you know, two people meet online and and one of them says, oh, I would love to come see you, but I'm stuck on a, an oil rig in the North Sea. Mm-hmm. But I have leave coming up in a couple of weeks. I can't afford the plane ticket. Okay, here's the money for the plane ticket. And of course, once that door is opened, they 
for whatever reason. Oh, my leave got canceled. Yeah. I can't can't come after all. Um, but I have this family emergency. You know, my grandmother is desperately ill and needs an operation or say whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, ask someone in the <laughs> dating site industry for the details. But yeah. there've been plenty. It's been plenty written about and it. And so it's 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 users that pretend to be someone else and that they're not really who right. they say it's, they are. And it's all about accountability. Are, it's aren't lack aren't of all sites doing some for, form of identification and authentication, or is well, see, or is it just not? It, it's not up to to snuff. Well, see, there's verification. There are plenty yeah. of verification services. We start. To get that eight, basically, we do an email and and uh, SMS check, and that's it. Right, like uh, a two-factor authentication, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a low quality. But to go above that, you, then you go through, uh, you know, there are a number of, of uh, identity verification services, Jumio, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start with those, and we generate the key pair in your phone or in your laptop or whatever, um, but to go higher than say a twelve, um, you need that interview. Yeah. But the thing is, it's permanent. You know, you can use this anywhere. You you know, let's say it's Authentimatch, the dating site service. Um, not it's not a dating site service. It's a service for operators of dating sites. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's say you enrolled through them, you can use that identity certificate anywhere. Yeah. Um, and you can use it to digitally sign your emails. You can use it to uh, um, to share an encrypted file and know that the person with the decryption key is who they say they are. Yeah. And and you know you you've now got a way to um, assure the world that you are who you claim to be. Okay. Talk a little bit about your license plate analogy too, because I think that helps people understand the the public key. Uh, infrastructure that that is talking about. So, um, you know, there's already a real world example of you're going out into the world in a car and everyone can see your license plate so they can see that key, but they don't know who's inside it. Right. And, and is this, does, does this, does this sort of that, does that solve the problem of, of authenticity with anonymity? anonymity. Yeah. Cause it seems like those two are, are, are two things meshing up each other. That's one of yeah. them. Okay. That's one of them. And yeah, anyone can see your license plate making yep. you accountable for what happens on public roadways, but no one gets to know the identity of the driver or owner, mm-hmm. um, unless they produce a court order. Um, <clears throat> so, and at Delphi, this used to happen, you know, the DEA would show up and say, we think this user's dealing drugs. Mm-hmm. And we'd say, you got a court order? And they'd say, you know, we're the DEA. We need a court order. And we'd say, yeah, you need a court order. So mm-hmm. they'd go to get a court order, and we'd then disclose who the person is. Of course, now that, um, I, I can just hear the gears turning among your listeners now saying, oh, wait, there's a central authority that has that database. And it's true. You really can have identity reliability without an authority. Um, but in our identity database, believe it or not, our identity d- database has certificate serial number, public key, um, and no personal information. Okay. So you can't, I, so some dictator comes along and says, you know, break into their database. Or a hacker. Or a hacker. Yeah. And it's like 
all, all they'll get is the identity of the attestation officer who takes responsibility for your enrollment. And if you serve that attestation officer with a court order, if it comes from, you know, some dictator's proprietary kangaroo court, uh, she's perfectly uh, entitled to toss it in the wastebasket. Okay. It's got to be a legitimate court order. Um, now there's and and there's that combined with the the license plate credential, and the fact that our central authority takes the form of a municipality, an online municipality called the city of Osmio, and anyone is invited to participate in the governance of Osmio. It's not like you know some commercial certification authority, which by the way can be bought and sold. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's owned by its users. It's, it's like your city hall. It, there's, there's no, uh, you know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no uh, stock to be bought and sold. All right. So it, it, I'm still, I'm still struggling a little bit with the concept of, uh, of this authenticity, authenticity and anonymity. <laughs> Jeez, okay. I messed that up. Um, how, how can, isn't, aren't there some good reasons why some people might choose to be anonymous? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and they can, but it feels like you're not anonymous if you've got this digital certificate with you at all times. One, one person like, on this earth knows that this identity certificate goes with this person, and that's your attestation officer. Okay. So it's someone that you choose and you, you need to trust. So with, so with this, this identity that I have, can I still be someone else online in terms in terms of like if i'm commenting on a on on a government policy that and i don't want it to them yeah. to know it's me you know you we've heard stories of people in china for example and the chinese government is always trying to find out who certain people are if they're if they're rabble rousers and things like that like that you can't through this system you can still be identified correctly but not identified correctly you, you or you can not assert I- your identity without disclosing your identity okay. so you can make yourself accountable without disclosing who you are so um we have a what we call a certificate stack <clears throat> underneath this collection of certificates that go with you um there's a foundational certificate at the at the bottom of the stack. Mm-hmm. And then you have any number of uh, what we call utility certificates, including those S-MIME certificates. And there's an exception there. If you want to digitally sign an email message, um, sadly, <laughs> when S-MIME was set up, you know, the um, uh, email address needed to be included in it. So to sign an email, you do need to disclose your email address. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that caveat, if you want to use your identity for anything else, you can have you can have a hundred utility certificates, um, license plate credentials. Okay. And um, good luck to the Chinese trying to figure out <laughs> which one you're using today. Yeah. You know, you can use a different one every day. Okay. Okay. Um, can you walk me through in, in 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 if 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 we get to the point where everyone's doing this? Uh, Take me through it, like an e-commerce transaction because it feels like there is still data out there that would not be, that would be stored. You know, when you hear about hacks, for example, 
it's usually that they've grabbed a credit card number or you know information about the user personal right. details because it's data that's sitting on the cloud somewhere does that go away with this system you know and how how do you how am i still able to buy something from from a different site all right now we need to step back okay. and explain another part yeah, of this yeah all right system. that's fine that's that's this will help okay so the title of my first book was quiet enjoyment uh-huh. um and I'll get to the reason for that in a second. But if we think about, you know, that um, uh, magazine title, MIT Technology Review, the internet is broken. It's not the internet that's broken. What is the internet? What's, what, what, what has it historically been characterized as? It's an information highway, right? Mm-hmm. What is a highway but an outdoor public transport system? Emphasis on the word outdoor. So what do we do in the physical where there, the, by the way, there's a pretty perfect analog throughout the physical world that answers just almost all of our questions in the digital world when mm-hmm. it comes to these questions. So we have this highway system. It's a wonderful highway. Transports packets, bits, you know, throughout the world and off to the ISS. Yep. Uh, you know, um, how do we typically use a highway? You know, don't we, like today, I'm here in a building with an occupancy permit. I started out in my home, yep. which has an occupancy. It's an indoor space. What is a building? But it's a set of accountability spaces, isn't it? You know, you have a lock on the door out there. You have rooms designated for certain purposes. And, and basically, unlike the outdoors, where we can just sort of roam around and we don't have accountability, you know, limited accountability. A building is set up to be the opposite of that. It's a, it's a building exists for the purpose of accountability. So where are the buildings? Where are the digital buildings? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, well, they pretty much don't exist. Um, PKI technology can be used as a construction material for buildings. Right. But, you know... We're fond of saying, you know, a uh, a pile of bank vault construction materials is not a bank vault. You know, a pile of PKI construction materials yeah. is not a building. Um, okay. What What is the one thing that distinguishes a building from a pile of construction materials? I mean, in addition to, you know, building codes, et cetera, it's the occupancy permit. It's... An individual putting their professional license on the line, their livelihood on the line, saying, I attest that this building is habitable. Mm -hmm. So this building we're sitting in, Building B at IDG in Needham, Massachusetts, somewhere there's an occupancy permit. And on that occupancy permit is the name of an architect, contractor, building inspector, and probably a structural engineer as well. And they all are putting their livelihood on the line saying, yeah, this is habitable, and and guess what? And the, safe. And safe. Yeah, that's part of hab- habitability. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's an interesting thing about that fact: an architect with a successful practice makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's that he's the gate. He she he or she is the gatekeeper yeah. of habitability. Yeah. If if you have stiffed your architect your building isn't going to be occupied. Uh-huh. You're not going to be able to use the building. Yeah. So you better treat your architect and contractor and building inspector 
properly. Okay. So with this analogy of, of the internet being a highway and we're all doing our things uh, outside rather than in these, these digital buildings, the website, for example, do you, do you, I think people might think that the, a building, a digital, like an Amazon.com, for example, would be a building, but you say it's more like just a billboard, right? Or is or like how do websites fit into yeah. this analogy? Well, where think you about are going that. to a different. Think, I mean, you're going to a computer that, or think, many computers. Think about that word "site." Website. Yeah. What is the site? Right. It's a place that is designated to build upon. Right. Uh huh. Um. Yes, we're doing our banking on a billboard. Whose idea was that? You know. Um. But I still have to authenticate. To, to you know, I still have to sign in with a password, and and there's sometimes a. And, and how's that a, working? Well, so far, no one's no one's stolen any of my money. I don't have a lot anyway. Yeah. Well, consider yourself among the fortunate. <laughs> okay, no, good point. I mean, I have had I've had to switch credit cards a few times because people have gotten that number. Yeah, I um, had that happen to me recently. Okay, so if 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 this approach in in, in terms of the digital certificates and the identity and it if that is the solution why haven't we seen it like why am i just talking to you here instead of actually using it in 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 the real world um and this is the chance for you to either put your tinfoil hat on or just yeah tell me well why, why it, we haven't gotten it, to the, it doesn't take it 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 uh it, it, you know you can wear a, a uh perfectly uh, reasonable baseball cap to make this assertion. Um, Tanium uh, had a series of full-page ads in the Wall Street Journal mm -hmm. last year. Um, the headline was, Security Isn't Working. Why We're, we're spending $160 billion a year on security. By the way, my wife is an investment banker and, and serves exclusively security companies. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have a front row seat on this. <laughs> um, it's now $200 billion a year. What do companies do when the board of directors tells the CEO, you know, our neighbor company or our competitor just got hacked. What are we doing about security? And the CEO says, I'm going to, next board meeting, I'm going to have an answer for you. Goes to the C CISO. What are we doing about security? Mm -hmm. Boss, we just increased our budget from 11%. You know, we've been increasing it year after year. Well, I don't know what else you want me to do. So he goes back to the board, says, we're increasing our budget by 11%. And the reaction is, yeah, somehow that doesn't answer the question, but I don't have an answer. Mm -hmm. Is there another answer? So the result is, you know, Security technology, the cops and robbers security technology industry flourishes. I go to RSA every year, and it's such a celebratory atmosphere. I take videos every <laughs> year because I just can't believe it's they're, they're patting each other on the back like, whoop-de-doo, look what we've accomplished. Yeah. Well, what you've accomplished is made yourself a lot of money, but... Have you solved the problem? Tanium is saying no, and I'm so thankful for Tanium for coming out and, you know, saying the emperor is naked. Yeah, yeah. You know? And the answer is the same as the answer in the physical world. It's accountability. You know, we need to build an environment of accountability. I, I couldn't just walk into this building. You yeah. know, I had to, you know, I had to have a reason to be here, and you had to know that I had a reason to be here. And, yep. and 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 that's how 
we have indoor security in the physical world. Okay. So it's not a case of that it's too expensive to deploy something like this. It's cheaper. It's, it is, okay. It's cheaper. It's cheaper than, than all of the things cheaper, that we're currently but, doing. But, but in the physical world, you know, when that receptionist asks for ID, everybody's got a driver's license or a passport, uh -huh. right? Um, what doesn't exist in the digital world is, is that reusable universal ID that just you just have it in your phone and in your laptop and they can all point to the same yeah. foundation. And, and, and these types of IDs can't be faked. Like you, if I was going into a, a building and, and a receptionist asked me for an ID and I produced a fake ID that looks pretty good, I could still sort of get in, right? Right. Okay. Right, right. Is there an equivalent in the digital space? Oh, it's a much better, much better system. You've got the private key that goes with the public key, yeah. right? And that private key never goes anywhere. We call it a pen. Uh -huh. Pen is a type of private key, but it only goes with a human being, not with a server or a mail server okay. or whatever. So, um, so here's how authentication works with PKI. You present, you know, your public key, your your PCN, we call it. Yeah. Um, it's like your username, and the server says. I, I see you claim to be Keith Shaw. Very good. Thank you. Um, here's a puzzle. If you can solve this puzzle, that means you've got the private key, which never goes anywhere, mm -hmm. never leaves your phone or laptop or whatever. If you can solve the puzzle, then I'll believe that you're Keith Shaw. Until then, I won't believe it. And comes back, solve the puzzle, along with the, the you've got the certificate. Right. And the certificate in our system says, not only is this verify, Keith Chaw's verifiable private key that signed this, that's basically a digital signature, but here is the digitally signed attestation of Keith's identity quality score. Yeah. It's a 24 on a scale of zero to 72, which is pretty good. Okay. So now you now say if you're not me, now you're someone who's trying to impersonate me, good, get mm -hmm. into the building. How does, where does the system you present, them. you present Keith's uh, public key. Yep. The server says, okay. They solve this puzzle. Yeah, here's the puzzle. Solve it. And by the way, every puzzle is different. So okay. a solution to a previous puzzle is useless. And um, it's all through encryption, like public key encryption, right? Like right. that's the, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So here's the puzzle. And, and the uh, imposter says, um, see you later. <laughs> or solves it, but it's not, it's not correct. Yeah. Right. Can't solve the puzzle. Okay. Um, in terms of, of, of adopting this, let's say we get enough people that are that are interested in adopting this this infrastructure. Is it easy? Is it easier to put it on top of or integrate it with the existing system, or do we need like a greenfield, a brand new internet, or PKI, something like that? PKI hooks are built into all kinds of software. Yep. Um, all our all our um, code is digitally signed, right? You know, so yeah, it's out there. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the question isn't about the technology. It's about who signed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just recently, Microsoft disclosed yet another theft of its signing keys, its code signing keys, you know, which has wreaked havoc. And then there's solar winds, you know, the, mm -hmm. the granddaddy of all stolen signing keys, um, Nortel, um, you know, it's it's not about 
the use of, in the case of code signing, it's not about the use of signed code. It's about who signed the code. Is, does that, is that key the property of a department somewhere within the bowels of Adobe or, you know, whoever? Um, and, you know, comes to re re time to release the next version of the code. You say, yeah. hey, who's got the who's got the signing key? We got a, we got a, a release coming up at two o'clock today. I want to know. I think Harry had it. No, Harry says Jane's got it. I get it's on a, a it's on a USB key I'm, or if it's done properly, it's in a safe or something. But it's it's like the next thing to public property, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it needs to be, so in our system, we have, a, we have about two dozen professional licenses. Right. And they all take the form of, of PKI identity certificates that are designated professional licenses. That means not only do you qualify for that work, as an architect would have to do, um, but you take professional responsibility. So if code gets out there in the wild and it's signed by you and it's got, you know, some bad stuff in it, um, well, you better go find a job at McDonald's or something. Hmm, okay. And in terms of, um, you mentioned this, this license plate example, and I've got, I've got a car but three different people can use that car. Is that yep. still a problem? Like, do we, or is that, is that, is that where the analogy falls apart a little bit? No, I mean, a, a, a packet is a vehicle. Okay. Think of a packet as a vehicle. Um, and as it goes through the net, it's digitally signed, um, you know, by the person who sent it. So, um, you know, you still have to have a licensed driver in that car. Um, and by the way, you know, you can have one person can have multiple cars and yeah. one person, as I've pointed out, can have multiple utility right. certificates. Okay. Okay. So, you know, one person, many vehicles or one vehicle, many, uh, you know, many drivers. Okay. And, and we've established that people, uh, it's unlikely that the industry that is making all of this money on the cops and robbers analogy might not be the, the instigators of, of a switch to this, this infrastructure. Of course not. <laughs> is it something where people can do it themselves and sort of have a, 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 a user, I don't want to call it a revolution because that's a little too, it, but they, can they do this themselves to, to help guarantee and protect themselves? So here's the thing. Everybody wants accountability from others they encounter online. Um, and everybody wants privacy for themselves, but very few people of their own initiative want to make themselves accountable to the world. Okay. So it depends upon people who want to create a, a, a community, a social network um, that distinguishes itself by accountability, by authenticity. So we have created a continent where it's, convenient to set up your a digital content a digital content okay, right it's called authentiverse yeah um go to authentiverse.net um we have variant variants for people who like to deal with blockchain and things like that and that's called um authentiverse.net slash 
BNW, BNN is a Nancy W for builders of the new world. Yeah. And then for people who aren't such digitality, they just want to use it. It's authentiverse.net slash main. Okay. And that, you know, pretty much tells the story. Um, but the thing is that as a business matter, um, you know, I've been a business man all my life, um, almost all my life. Um, you really have to solve problems for target audiences. Mm -hmm. So we have about a hundred, over 110 business plans. We have separate enterprises that are set up. Um, it's, it's like, I, I, the word franchise carries a lot of legal baggage with yeah, it, so I'm yeah. reluctant to use that word, but that's the concept. Um, we're looking for entrepreneurs who want to solve a problem in their market, in their audience, that um, in the audience that they know and understand and have experience marketing to. Okay. When you look back at a lot of these topics and trends, do you consider yourself a technology optimist or because, or do you look at what's going on in the world whenever there's a, a, a breach or an attack or something like that? And do you just kind of shake your head and go, are, are you know, do you well, so end up yelling at the clouds? Can I give or, you a third option? Sure, sure. I look at the breach and I say, you know, oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's, okay. People are going to be looking for what I got. Yeah. You yeah. know, because people are starting to do, do, do lose feel, confidence. Do you ever feel like, you know, that you're just standing on a street corner and going, I have the solution. Oh, of course. People just listen to me, <laughs> please. Or, or, yeah, you know, because that can get frustrating after a while if everyone's just driving yeah, by and like, ah, some cranky old guy. <laughs> so, you know, we raised money for one of our um, authenticity enterprises. It's called Mail Slot. Mm -hmm. um, it solves the phishing problem for small to medium-sized businesses, right? You know, that's where most breaches, most ransomware attacks, et cetera, start. They start with a phishing message. Yeah. By the way, I have a story to tell you about okay. that. Um, I mentioned I go to RSA every year. Um, there is an abundance of parties at RSA, and, and I went to uh, Black Hat also, yeah. um, and other security conferences. So um, I, I play a really disingenuous, <laughs> <laughs> dirty trick. Um, and, and now that I'm talking about this, it'll never happen again. But um, oh, no one's going to watch this door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. You know, I'll I'll be having a beer or two with. Some CISSP, you know, certified security expert. Yeah. Um, and I will, at some point, when I feel the time is right, I'm going to say, you know, you know, Joe, I got to admit, I've clicked on a bad link. You know, I've clicked on a bad attachment. You know, over 50% of the time, Joe, the other person I'm talking to, says, yeah, I know, I've done that too. Now, these are the people who are saying, Train your users to recognize a phishing attack. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to educate people. By the way, we have this program to educate your users at, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars a year. And we will educate those users to do what? To not do what you yourself are doing? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's so a, now I've now I've spilled the beans. So <laughs> I can't go to RSA anymore. Let's come up with another, another story. Like I fell for that uh, photo of the fake pope, <laughs> and I thought it was real. And then someone told me it was AI. So you know, we we can't get through one of our episodes without talking about AI. Yeah. When uh, when you see a lot of stories, especially from the security side, where you know the hackers are now using AI to to come up with more sophisticated attacks and things like that. Does that make you again shake your head and go, you know, you know, we again oh, we it's solution. another problem. We, we solve got a solution. It. Yeah. We solve it. Okay. We solve it. Yeah. And AI and human control of AI and um and deep fakes. They're really two different problems. Yeah, so let's let because I because I understand the like you could solve the deep fakes by this digital identity. So if the photo that comes out would have a digital certificate that says this is real, correct? You can digitally sign any digital file. Yeah. You can digitally sign a file. And if you have the identity of the signer, so a video that's signed by the, the person holding the camera says, yeah, this is, this is real. This is, this is or real. This and, is and, and if somebody takes this video and republishes it and tampers with it, the signature won't work. Right. It gets even better than that. Um, by the way, if you go to authentiverse.net slash deepfakes, we have a couple of very videos, uh, uh, one video about this. Um, so if the image or document or contract or um, video is digitally signed by the photographer, in the case of the video or... Mm -hmm. Uh, that's one thing, but it can also be signed by the camera. <clears throat> now, they stopped making signing cameras like 15 years ago, which mm -hmm. is disappointing. Um, you know, on that uh, landing page I just mentioned, there, I have a picture of myself holding my digital signing camera and the software. Um, but so in that case, it's not just the photographer saying, I, this is, I stand behind this video. Yeah. It's the camera saying that's what came through the lens. Right. Um, you know, of course it makes editing difficult, but what you can do is, you know, it, you know, take a bunch of clips and each one of them is, is digitally signed. Okay. And as far as AI is concerned, here we get back to that professional license. What if any AI program that is able to present itself as a human being had to have, a professionally licensed AI handler. In other words, I take professional responsibility for the actions of this program. Right. Um, check, click the signature to make sure it's real, and uh, <clears throat> and I bet my livelihood on this. And I can tell you probably right now that we're not at that point with the people that are creating a lot of these AI GPTs because they've said sometimes they don't understand why the AI came up with that answer or, or yeah. they, they start talking about the hallucinations of some of these answers or sometimes the AI makes up stuff. Right. And that and, should like scare everybody in terms of whether this is on an authentic thing or not, if they yeah. can start making up things. Yeah. So you're yeah. not, you're not going to bet so the farm sure. on, yeah. on, uh, on, on AI that, that, that has those vulnerabilities. On the other hand, that would put um, an incentive to, I think the problem is is the uh, language model in in those cases that 
Um, there aren't gates around what gets into the, you know, the database. Yeah. Um, and um, if a if a human being, a well-paid human being, I mean, a particularly well-paid seven-figure income person is signing that, they're not going to sign it unless they've test, thoroughly tested it and said, right. this is not going to mislead the user. You could have a, a, a caveat on it saying, you know, I take responsibility for this piece of software and here are the known problems with it mm -hmm. you know watch out for these and um and give me feedback yeah yeah and they're kind of doing that now mm -hmm. they're, they're, oh, yeah. they're definitely they're definitely upfront about the the some of the bugs in the system or some of the issues and please don't use it for this this and this because we know that it might not work Sam Altman's been very upfront yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wes, some fascinating stuff. Oh, uh, one one more thing before one one final question: Are you getting support from other people on this on this approach? Do you find that uh, people are agreeing with you on this, or you know, is is, is <laughs> Sud suddenly yes, suddenly yes, okay, suddenly so, yes. It's only been a few decades. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it it only takes a couple of decades to become an overnight success, right? That's, right, the, that's there you the go. phrase. Uh, Wes, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, it was a great conversation. Thanks for being here. had a wonderful time, Keith. Thank you. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments that you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.